This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, we need to talk about Kevin. Mummy's Little Monster. Uh, theme song? Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. You're already better at that than the horse is. <laughs> I have opposable thumbs. That's true. You don't have to clomp on it with your hooves. No. <laughs> and yeah, in case you couldn't tell, Horse Lanta is not with us. He is too busy slinging loaf. Yeah. And that's not actually a euphemism. <laughs> no. It probably should be, but it's not. It is in some cases, but not this one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, instead, we watched a movie as suggested to us by Nikki Poo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which is a really long title. It is a really long title. Yep. But uh, we watched it. And it is available on a lot of different platforms for zero dollars. Yeah. So, uh, if you feel the desire to watch it after listening to this and hearing our recommendation, you can find it lots of places. Yeah, on everybody's favorite service, Tubi. Yes. Also, um, if you have Amazon Prime, it's on Prime Video with your for free with your subscription to Amazon Prime. This podcast not funded by Amazon Prime in any way. Absolutely not. Yet. Yeah, I keep trying. Jeff Bezos won't take my phone calls. We we get ones of listens a, a week on Amazon Music on the podcast. That's true. We got a lot of pull over there. Yeah. In fact, I'll just pull up the I'll pull up the stats right now so that I can tell listeners live how many uh, plays per a. For last week that we got. And the answer is two. Yeah. We, had four, we had four starts and two plays, which means that uh, two people listened to us for less than a minute and said, nope, not for me. <laughs> which is fair. Yeah. Because that, that's what it takes to be a play on Amazon Music is one minute or more. That's understandable. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of, of opening minutes, Chris, how does this movie start? Uh, oh, boy. Um, it starts with uh, some sort of tomato party. It's like that one that happens in Spain. I don't remember what it's called, but when you, you have a bunch of tomatoes and tomato sauce. Yeah, and they throw it on each other and writhe around in the streets full of tomato. They have like a tomato mosh pit. Yeah. Yeah, actually, what made me think of uh, there's that scene from um, Game of Thrones when like Jon Snow gets kind of like crushed and then like lifted up out of the the crowd of fighting. That's kind of what that reminded me of. But this was done before that. <clears throat> yeah, so it was not. It did not rip off Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones might have ripped it off. 
Also, I don't think there's an opening like credit sequence or anything. Just the movie there is, just there, starts. There is not. And the ending sequence, just as uh, Spartan. That's the word I'm looking for. Yep. It is like, here's some names, and then the name of the movie, and then some more names, and we're out. Peace. That's how this movie ends. <laughs> the credits go for this movie. And, uh, we jump forward some time units. Some amount of time units, correct. Where we meet with, uh... Gabriel? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, Tilda Swinton, who is one of the otter-looking human beings on the planet. True. But, like, in a good way. Striking. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know what pronouns Tilda Swinton uses, but, yeah, they... She, they are, um, yeah, just kind of interesting looking and not like traditionally pretty, but fascinating to look at. Yeah. Which is why Gabriel was a fantastic character for Tilda Swinton in Constantine. So she is, uh, living in a house. Yeah. Living La Vida shitty. Yep. It gets, uh, Covered in red paint. Yeah, and her car, her car too. Yeah. And, like, she wakes up, there's, like, a bottle of wine, a bunch of pills, knocks over a bunch of pills, like, just generally is not having a good time. And it's yeah. a tiny little, like, one, maybe two-bedroom bungalow that she's living in, or Cape Cod. Yeah, it's not very big. No. It is, yeah, it's tiny. And you're like, oh, okay, so shitty life is what I'm feeling here. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so she wipes off, tries to wipe off her windshield from fresh red paint with some newspaper, and what the newspaper doesn't get, her windshield wipers take care of. Yeah, and as she's driving, various uh, onlookers in the town give her distasteful stares. Oh, no, it's just, this is uh, town stink eye. Yeah. Yeah, they're just stink eye everywhere in this town for her. And yeah, and you have no idea why. Just like everyone in this town fucking hates her and no fucking clue why. But she does roll up on a travel agency. Yeah, they're hiring. Yep. Which and coincidentally, she, she needs a job, so. Yeah, and so she sits there for unspecified but lengthy amount of time. Well, everyone just kind of occasionally just stares at her in the office because she's got to be uncomfortable in this movie. Yeah. Oh, we we skipped the part where uh, she gets the fucking piss slapped out of her. That oh, no, that, that's a little bit later. That's a little bit later. I yeah. thought it was before she went in. No, no, no. It was... Um, no, it was after because... So she, she goes in there. She waits unspecified amount of time. There's like posters on the wall like travel posters on the wall with her name on them like she took the pictures for them yeah and she finally gets called back into the back office and then lays like well if you can like photocopy and file papers and show up then you got the job and she's like really thanks yeah and so she's walking out the door kind of smiling and that's when the lady is like you look you're having a good day not anymore. <laughs> smack. I'm going to smack that smile right <laughs> off your face. 
Yeah, and some I, guy runs up and like, hey, are you okay? I saw the whole thing. I'll testify. Yeah. Well, let's call the 9-11. Yeah, I thought it was Johnny Lee Miller at first. I was like, holy shit, is that the dude from Hackers? It wasn't. <laughs> it was not. It was not. I was super bummed. I was like, I was going to be super excited if he was in the movie, too. I mean, he's no yeah. Matthew Lillard, but... He is not. He is the second best male character in uh, in Hackers. Yes. Yes. And um and so she's like, No, 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 it was all my fault. Blah blah blah. And then she uh like makes her way to the grocery store to buy some food for dinner slash breakfast. Lunch. Yeah. Which is mostly wine and eggs. Yeah, only uh she sees so she's like in the egg aisle, grabs some eggs, looks at the carton, checks to make sure they're all, you know, not broken, like a like a person should. Puts them in her cart, and then a lady comes around the corner. She sees that it's like some lady, and she like ducks around behind the like just abandons her cart in the aisle, ducks around the end cap of like tomato soup, and waits for the lady to do her business in the aisle and comes back out and then goes to check out. And every single fucking one of those eggs has been smashed. Yeah, but she likes it apparently. And the checkout lady is like, uh, wow, all of these are broken. And then uh, Tilda Swinton looks up and sees like the lady that had been in the aisle and she gives her the stink eye. And Tilda Swinton's like, no, nah, that's fine. Just give them to me the way they are. Just, just, just fucking check me out. Check me out now. Check out. Come on. Come on. Give me my money. Let's go. <laughs> I got wide and, and busted a- eggs. And they flash back to a lady. Lady, um, watching a, a woman be uh, like gurneyed out of a institutional building of some kind, and that and that lady is the one who is like like is crying over the gurney. So something related to Tilda Swinton and uh, younger people and crying in institutional building. Is what we know so far. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Things are going to get weird because there's a whole lot of flashback and around and going back and forth. Yeah. So. So we find out that there is. So there. First we find out there's a daughter who has a patch like a, you know, like a, a plaster from last episode over her eye. Um, you know, a, ba- a big band-aid patch type thing over her eye. Um, John C. Riley is that woman's dad. Yeah. Or the, the child's dad. Yeah, sorry, the child's dad, not the woman. Not- she is she's like ten. <laughs> so and he's like gonna take her to like a father-daughter dance or something. And then uh Ezra Miller shows up. And he rubs Ezra Miller's head and calls him buddy. Uh, And that's all you really know. And I will say at this point, my thought was that Tilda Swinton was the grown-up version of Ezra Miller's character. And that she had gone through uh, gender confirmation surgery and become a woman. Or physically become the woman that she was. And... uh, and this was a whole like trans, like people being shitty to trans people movie. 
is yeah. where I was at, especially because there's a scene where like Tilda Swinton dips her face into some water and shakes her head and her face becomes like Ezra Miller's face for a second and then changes back. And so I was like, oh, okay. So the pills were obviously like hormone therapy, replacement therapy of some kind. And people are shitty to her because she is trans. And like, okay, I'm picking up what you're laying down here. That makes sense. That's not what this movie is. Um, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> but I had gone off on a complete other tangent, which, you know, I thought, I think up until certain points, in the movie was a valid read until you're like, oh, wait, no, that is not what this movie is. <laughs> nope, not at all. Especially when they show the fact that, like, Tilda Swinton gets pregnant by John C. Riley and they have a son they call Kevin who looks vaguely like Ezra Miller. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Ezra Miller is her son. Got yeah. it. And uh, she she's heavy with child. Oh, and there's the fucking the fucking mommy yoga just pregnant bellies everywhere scene. Yeah, like all these women just like like fucking like I'm gonna stretch my my hammies out with my big my big pregnant belly just hanging out as much as I can get it into the camera and which is fine like whatever like I mean it was just funny because that was like wow. This scene is all about pregnant bellies. That is what they are focusing on in this scene is pregnant belly. <laughs> yes, this was a very specific scene for a very specific part of the population. Yeah. I'm sure there's a kink that loves it, and that is fine. And, uh, yeah, they live a, a fairly well-to-do lifestyle. Uh, she is well, a travel writer by trade. Writer slash photographer. Yeah, and John C. Riley, I don't know, is a NASCAR driver or a musician or something. Yeah, I think he he hosts the Catalina Wine Mixer, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They never say what the fuck Franklin. They don't even give him a last name. She is like Ava Cotaduras or something. Like they have a whole like she has a whole fucking name. Yeah, he is Franklin. 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 Which I don't think they he, say until like three quarters of the movie is over. Oh, no, no. At some point she calls him Franklin, and that's that's how you know his name is Franklin. Yeah. And uh, at some point they're shown sharing an intimate evening. Yep. Presumably then, in some far-off locale. Yeah, it seems to be like on a travel a travel thing. I don't know if it's a vacation or if they met they met in a foreign location or what, but... That's not real clear. It's not necessary to know, really, for the story. Yeah. And then she uh, is heavy with child. Yep. And then she is no longer heavy with child because she birthed a child. Yeah. And, and that child is an asshole. Yeah, screaming all the time. Possibly colic. I can't tell. I'm not Yeah. A oh, my, my brother apparently was colicky to the point where, uh, at one point, my, my aunt, who... Uh, so my... I grew up in the middle of Iowa, Des Moines. My aunt was flying from like Lincoln or Omaha, Nebraska to to Des Moines, like not that far. And my mom went to go pick her up from the airport and came back. So it's probably like maybe an hour tops between, you know, leaving, waiting for the plane to arrive, getting the plane truck. Cause you know, this is when you could go to the gate and meet people. Cause it was well before nine 11. And, uh, they get they my my aunt and my mom get back to my house my their house my 
my mom's dad's house, uh, and there is a baby formula dripping off the bookcase. Like you do. And my dad, my my dad turns to my mom and says it was either the bottle or the baby. Yeah. <laughs> because my brother would not stop crying unless you walked with him. That was the only way to get him to stop crying was to walk with him. And he says he was super colicky. I apparently was a fantastic baby. So. Oh, uh, what a humble yeah. brag. Yeah, well, my mom got her tubes tied after my brother. <laughs> and she says, if my brother come first, I wouldn't exist. <laughs> so, yeah, my brother was that bad. <laughs> and um, to this movie's credit, it's all about subtlety. So you can tell how bad the baby thing is, because at one point she has got the stroller and she's strolling around with the kid trying to get it to shut oh, the hell yeah. up. And she stops by a guy jackhammering because it drowns out the sound of her screaming ass child. Oh yeah, she's just like, oh, oh that jackhammer is so fucking nice. It's like she's at the fucking ocean yeah. with a mai tai, just <laughs> relaxing. She's ah, oh. and, and then the baby screams overpower the jackhammer, and she just moves on because she's like, fuck. And so, but and then like. John C. Then at one point she's asleep. Like I think the next scene she's asleep, and John C. Riley wakes her up, and she's like, "He's like, honey, like the day is almost over. Like, what are you doing sleeping?" And he goes to pick up the child, and she's like, "No, no, 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 no. I like, I just put him down. For the love of God, please just leave him in the bassinet so that he doesn't cry anymore, so that I can just enjoy like five minutes of peace and quiet." And then John C. Riley picks him up. He's like, "Look." You just gotta bounce him around a little bit. It's fine. And the baby doesn't make a fucking peep. Yeah. And she's just like, I hate everything, but it's quiet. So maybe this is okay. Yeah. Maybe. But maybe. And then we uh and then we end up like seeing uh the baby as like uh like a one or two year old. Yeah. I don't know. I I I have not had a child, and so I am very bad at guessing ages of children. One or two-ish is probably, or probably two or three, I'm guessing, because the there's concern that the child isn't speaking. Yeah. And so, like, she's, like, rolling a ball. Too. She's like, can you say ball? Ba-ball? And the kid just looks at her like, whatever, dude. Like, Yeah. And then, then she's, like, rolls the ball. Can you roll the ball back? And he just looks at her like, whatever, dude. And at one point she gets kind of angry and she's kind of like, kind of like forcefully throws the ball at him. But then the the kid catches it and like throws it back at her. And she's like, yeah, all right. And it's like, let's do it again. She's like tossing the ball and he's like, whatever, dude, whatever. Ain't having it. <laughs> and then, so she takes him to the doctor cause he's not talking. Yeah. And I will let Chris describe this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Got under it's, his skin a it, little bit. It bothered me to some degree. Because the doctor, uh, there's concerns that the kid was autistic, but the doctor reassures them because the kid wasn't doing the one thing that all autistic people do, the single marker for autism. Was that rocking? Yeah, was rocking. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have autistic rock, so. Yeah. I mean, autistic rock is my favorite, my favorite uh, genre of rock. Yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot. 
<laughs> it's somewhere between Prague and Math Rock, I believe. <laughs> yeah, and that I, that just I don't care for that. Probably no, because I, you know. Yeah, and I I a hundred percent get it. One hundred, <laughs> I one hundred op get it, Chris. But I at least like they made like an attempt at it. Like it wasn't just you know. Oh, is my child dumb? No. Yeah. Is, are they autistic? Well, maybe. I mean, it would have been a lot to go into. Well, I don't know. Let us do this this battery of tests to see if maybe we think it might they might be autistic. <laughs> like that's true. You know, it doesn't make for good good movie making. But at least they were like, no, I think your kid's just. I think your kid's normal. She's just not talking. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I. You know, at least at least that was like that was the message the doctor was trying to get across to her to reassure her that she was not a bad parent. Her child was had not injured its own hearing from screaming too much as a baby. But actually, what they should have diagnosed it with with, with uh, early onset assholeism. Yeah, especially because it turns out the kid was Ezra Miller. Yeah, <laughs> noted fuckbag Ezra Miller. Yeah, noted asshole Ezra Miller. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you, if you ever need to know what Ezra Miller did, just Google Ezra Miller controversy and have fun, uh, finding out of all the things that Ezra Miller, they are, uh, accused of. Yep. They suck. Because I, I, I believe they use they, them pronouns. That's why I said they, um, you know, giving, giving, uh, non-binary people a good name there. Uh-huh. Thank you, Ezra Miller. Um, but no, and, and so I like they. And there's like and this there's just bouncing back and forth between like Tilda Swinton's current life. Um we know that she visits uh prison on Wednesdays afternoons. Um Yeah. And that whoever she's visiting likes to chew off their fingernails and keep them in their mouth and then line them up in a row in front of her. Fucking gross. Yeah, and I'm not talking like, and it's like there was ten fingernails there. It wasn't just like I bit off one and spit it out in there. It was ten. Which, I mean, your fingernails are the same shit your hair's made out of, so like they could have just plucked out ten hairs and laid them in a row too. But the fact that like they had to show like an up close like of the sh- mouth, and you could hear like as it came out. Yeah, Christian. Uh, I apologize for that, first of all. Second of all, you're going to hate that part of the movie. Yeah. But at least at least they don't sniff into the microphone on that mo- for that movie. Um, then we're... Also, we're... Go on. I mean, we find out that um, the kid's name is Kevin. Mm-hmm. So the titular, we need to talk about Kevin, is... Her son, her and John C. Riley's son. Um, there's like, just like the kid's just an asshole to his mother, like through most of the movie, but really nice to his dad. Yeah, for no fucking apparent reason. It is unclear. Yeah, I mean, and he certainly like kind of tries to play them against each other a bit. Like he'll be like just mean to his mom and then turn around and be like, Hey dad. Yeah, it's great. Like, let's play video games. And like, you could tell this. So she feels kind of hurt 
that her son just is, you know, not connecting with her at all, but that her husband just has like an effortless connection with the kid. Yeah. Which, you know, it's fair. I think I probably would feel that way if my child was like that. Yeah, again, he, even don't have goes, kids, uh, never going to. So, again, I can only theorize. She's openly resentful to the child at one point. Yeah. Well, at some point... And so, like, you can see her job kind of sucks. It involves a lot of photocopying and filing. Um, people are still kind of shitty to her in general. Um, you don't really know why. Uh, the lots of scenes of her, like, cleaning paint off of her siding and and porch and yeah, stuff windows like that. and the like yeah and uh her visiting prison from time to time you find out that ezra miller is in prison uh so presumably kevin is in prison yeah well um, and it's clear that that she is living alone yes so also something is up with husband and daughter yeah and so you're like yeah and they and the house whenever they flash back the house that they're in is real nice it's real fucking nice um yeah and yeah and she lives like in a shit box and you're just like huh okay so like they got divorced i guess yeah, what transpired to lead to this current state of affairs? Yeah, and there's a dude at the travel agency that she's working at who seems kind of interested in her. The one who like jumped up was like, "Hey, what's up with that lady? I saw everything. You want to call nine one one? We can press charges. Get that bitch thrown in jail." And uh, yeah, and she was like, "No, no, no, it's all my fault. Don't worry about it." Um, she she was smiling in public. I mean. She was definitely smiling in public. And we all know and, the statutes in some areas. Yeah. I hear women are prettier if they smile. That's what I hear. Uh, yeah, so, but to kind of go what we glean through flashbacks is, and visits to prison, is that uh, uh, Kevin's a shithead. Sometimes. Uh, Except for when he's around his dad. Yeah. And at one point, like, he just, like, intentionally shits his pants. Uh, yeah. Like, looks her in the eye and shits his and pants. And just, like, yeah, just, like, yeah, just stares her straight in the eye and fucking craps. It's a real hate so shit. Go- so she goes to change. She changes him. And then he's walking out the door and she says something. And he turns around and is like, you know what? Just drops another load right in his pants. Is like, training, training pants. And she grabs them and kind of tosses them a little bit because she's really fucking pissed off that he is that disrespectful to her and breaks his arm. Oh, it was over the counting. That's what it was. Yeah, because like she's like, let's count, let's learn counting. She's like, one, two, three, four. What comes after four? He's like, seven, which is technically true. And then she's like, well, they're like, what comes after like fourteen? He's like fifty-one, <laughs> and yeah. then he's like, then he just fucking hate counts at her. He's like one, two, three, four, five. They just counts like up to like forty-nine or something. And he's like, should we continue? <laughs> <laughs> and then hate shits all over the place. 
And so she she gets kind of very angry at him after the whole situation and kind of throws him and he breaks his arm, which, you know, technically is abuse. Uh, but this kid kind of willf- is so willfully shitty to her, you kind of sympathize with her. Yeah. And so, but, but she, like, takes him to the doctor because his arm's fucked up. And the whole time she's sitting there like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail because he's going to tell her that I threw her through him and he broke his arm and I'm going to jail. And then she, she brings them out within his cast and his slang. And she's like, I have one thing to say to you. And she's like, oh, God, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. And he's like, you have a very brave son. And she's like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh. And, and they get home, and John C. Riley is there, and he's like, oh, yeah, I was wondering where the fuck everyone was, because I got home, and there was no one in the house. And he's like, oh, I broke my arm, but Mom took me to the doctor, and it was like, and he's like, well, what happened? He's like, well, I, you know, I, I dirtied my diaper, and Mom went to go get the wipes, and I rolled off, and I hit the floor, and I broke my, hurt my arm, but she took me to the doctor, and it's all better now. And basically, he, like, lies to cover for her, about, like, but then, like, when he when John C. Riley is looking, like she, he looks at her and he's like, you fucking owe me. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in the future time, when uh, he says it's the most honest thing she ever did. Yeah. <laughs> was thrown across the room that one time. And then, like, whenever he wants anything, he just, like, rubs the scar from, like, the whatever pin or something they had to put into his arm. And, he, and just to make her feel guilty. Like, he just uses it as another tool to dig at her. Like, he is such a terrible child. And the, the child actor playing this kid is fucking amazing for what he is doing. Yeah. Like, I mean, the kid had to be, like, maybe 12, 13 at the tops if he looks young for his age. And he is just, like, so good at what he was doing. I was like, fuck, dude. Like, this guy needs to be in more shit. And he really, he is for, like, five or six more years and then just drops drops out of IMDb. So, apparently... Acting was not from that for that kid, but he was really good when he was acting as that kid. Yeah, it was it's impressive. Yeah, and so, but eventually they conceive a second child. Yeah, and Kevin's like, "I'm kind of pissed off about this. I'm gonna break every fucking crayon in my drawing bin." Like he just like sitting there talking to her, just snapping them in half. Tossing them back into the container, grab another one, snap it in half, toss it back into the container, grab another one, snap it in half. Like the whole conversation, which was pretty good. That was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he was not happy. And she's like, though, after he broke his arm, she was reading him Robin Hood. And he, and that was the one time where he chose her over the, the dad. Yeah. And, and like, she's kind of like, like, so it makes this like, holy shit kind of face to the dad. And dad's like, well, I guess oh. so. Yeah. Like, he's like, well, fuck. Like, the kid loves me like 364 days out of the year. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, you get one. Fuck yeah. And, uh, but yeah. So eventually for his birthday, uh, I think before the, the baby is born, uh, John C. Riley buys him like a Nerf bow and arrow set, 
Oh, it's one of those, like, 50 suction cup bows and arrows. Yeah, which she, like, instantly shoots one at his mom's face in the window and hits it, like, dead between the eyes because psychopath. And, uh... But, yeah, when the baby comes, he's not super excited about it, but he's gonna have to put tolerate it the way that his mom tolerates him, as he puts it. Yeah. Well, she tries to explain to him that when a mommy and a daddy love each other very much they have this share a special hug yeah and he's like you mean fucking yeah she's like well what do you think that means like well when the guy puts his pee pee and the girl's hoo ha and she's like well okay I guess that kind of is fucking um yeah I, mean, I don't know where to go from here <laughs> more or less so I guess deal with it I'm out <laughs> yeah peace um so they find out the girl's name is Celia, but everybody calls her Celie, except for uh, Kevin, who called her silly and retarded. Yeah, he drops the R, but he drops the R bomb in the movie. That's true. Which he gets yelled at for by his mother. Um, but no, like the the girl seems to be in pretty good shape, um, like emotionally. Yeah. Um. And again, this whole time we get to see what a shitty life Tilda Swinton is li- living in the present, where yeah. everyone hates her. Oh, where like she- uh, the Jehovah's Witness Mormon motherfuckers come up. Oh, yeah, they're like, <laughs> "Do you have do you have time? Like, do you have time to answer a few questions?" She's like, "Questions about what?" And they're like, "About your like your your immortal souls, like you know, like future." And she's like, "Oh, I know what that is. It's going straight to I'm going straight to hell when I die. So thank you very much." <laughs> Peace the fuck out. Yeah, (laughs) and they're all like, and they're like, huh? I've never had that response before. (laughs) And uh, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like, there's no saving me. I gave birth to the Antichrist, so fuck all y'all. And then we, uh, we flash back to teenage years, where now Ezra Miller is Ezra Miller, not that other kid we were calling Ezra Miller, even though he wasn't Ezra Miller. Jasper Newell was the actor who played the younger kid. Yeah. The younger uh, version. And he's got a a big boy bow and arrow now mm-hmm. that he's incredibly proficient with. Yes. Um, Read your book, Chris. I'm trying. It's his words. We, we flash Found back out. to the regular time. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, what's her head? Tilda Swinton. Yeah. She, uh, wakes up and her son is on the television giving some sort of interview. Oh, yeah, because he's like, yeah, like, what do people watch on television? Like, like, television is shit these days. Like, you know, you, like, you don't get on television for, like, having good grades. No. Like, in fact, if you watch a television show, half the time, the people on television are watching television. And what are they watching? They're watching me because, like, I made it on tell. Like, you're interviewing me right now. People, you all you people watch TV, you're watching me right now. You wouldn't have watched me if I won a spelling bee, yeah, but you're watching me now. Got an A in geometry. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like, look, I know what gets on TV and it is what I did, but they never actually say what he did. Yeah. And then uh, we go back in the past. And we mm-hmm. we see that uh, even in his teenage years, he still sucks. 
Yeah. Still is yeah. nice to his dad. Still is mean to his mom. And is sort of oh, in we, between with his sister. He is kind of a, just like a bully to his sister. Yeah, but it's hard to tell if it's just like normal. Like me and my brothers were real shit heels to each other in I, our teenage I, years. I would like to think I was less of a shit heel than that, but my brother would probably disagree. <laughs> so I don't know. Some the the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We did skip over like the fact that at one point when they moved into this new house, because they were living in New York when he was a tiny baby. Yeah. And and then they moved out to the mansion. I don't know the mansion. Uh, and so she like you know she was like a travel writer, travel photographer. So she like made a room full of like maps that she decoupaged onto the wall. And he's like, "Your fucking squiggly line papers are fucking stupid." And she's like, what? Like, you have a, you have your own room. This is my room. Like, you you decorate your room the way you want to. I decorate the room, this room the way I want to. And then he just proceeds to, like, super soaker, like, red and black ink all over it. Or paint. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. It's like the, the kid from, like, the age of seven was a raging shithead. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. But and then as a teenager, like, is this when she takes him out to go golfing? Well, I mean, first, um, okay, she busted on him while he's fucking rubbing one out, and he just maintains eye bathroom. contact and keeps going. Yeah, he's like jerking one off in the bathroom. Yeah, and she's like, oh, oh, and he just like just stares at her and just keeps going, and you're like, hmm, yeah, which ah, makes mm. a later scene very uncomfortable for me. Even though it didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to, I was afraid it was going to. Because then later on, she takes him out to go golfing, and she's like, oh, you won. And then, like, let's go home and change before I take you out to dinner. And I was worried they were going to fuck. Yeah. I was was real worried that that's where that was going. But that is not where it went, and I was super thankful for that. (laughs) Yeah. As you should be. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I was, I was real worried about that, but that didn't happen. And we, uh, we jump back to regular time. Restart on me. Yes. And she's at the Christmas party at the travel agency. Mm. Where she has hung up some tinsel on the ceiling fan. While the guy, while that guy stares at her legs. Yeah, no wonder a kid was all fucked up. Who put tinsel on a ceiling fan? Well, I mean, you're in a travel agency. There's not a lot of places to tinsel. I think you just don't tinsel. Like, it's not a requirement. I mean, if you're a terrible person, I guess, Chris. I Actually, know. I have no strong. I have no strong feelings on tinsel. That's. <laughs> I was like confused for a moment. <laughs> I didn't realize after all these years you had such strong tinsel-related feelings. Yeah, well, we've never gone into the fact that I like to I like to hang up tinsel for your birthday. I'm, I'm for my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I opened presents on your birthday for many many years. That's Chris. true. <laughs> many people do. <laughs> they don't realize they're observing, but they are. Yeah. Uh, because my family was a Christmas Eve family, which is not that 
I like I like Christmas Eve because it's the day before I get presents. No, that was the day we opened presents was Christmas Eve. So mostly because my dad's brother my dad's brother's wife family, my aunt's family, um, her family did presents Christmas Day. So they would do Christmas Eve with us and then Christmas Day with her family. So That sounds right. Yeah. But even like when we would all go up to my grandparents' place for Christmas, we were still all open on Christmas Eve. Nice. Even even though they weren't going to go hang out with my aunt's family afterwards. And uh, this guy makes a makes a pass at her, asks her to dance at the party, and she's like, eh, "Big dancer," and he's like, "No one's ever gonna like you. <laughs> I'm giving you your only shot, you fucking bitch." And she's like, "Well." You're a terrible person. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> yeah, she's like, cool. Super glad that yeah. you took the time on Christmas yeah. to do that. Yeah. Are you involuntarily celibate? <laughs> I mean, I think you're voluntarily celibate because of the way that you treat women. Yeah, I was going to say, nope, nope. He made that decision very clearly. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so she goes home and has a sad Christmas. Day jams, a jam sandwich, a jam sandwich and a wine. Yeah, so I, there's there's just a running thing in this show or the movie with jam sandwiches. There, yeah. when when Kevin's a kid, she pisses him off by being like a mother, and he like slams like a jam, like just a slice of bread covered with jam down on the coffee table, and then goes hangs out with his dad because. He is emotionally manipulative uh, and is playing both sides against each other. And then at, at some point, like when she is berating him as a teen about being, being shitty to his sister, he's making like a jam sandwich and just like squeezes it so that just jam oozes out of all the orifices. And it's like strawberry jam, so it's kind of blood-like. And then she makes a jam sandwich for Christmas after talking to her mother and pretending like people were coming over to celebrate with her so that she wasn't having a sad Christmas all by herself, even though she was. Yeah. No, mom, I'm not sitting by myself in a dirty nightgown eating jam sandwiches and drinking fucking Merlot Merlot all by myself at 10 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, doesn't sound Which like she a was terrible doing. Christmas. No, I mean, I've had worse. Yeah. Well, at least she had wine. Yep. <laughs> I've never had worse Thanksgivings. Uh, but one of the, one of those involved a death, and one of those involves COVID. So, hooray! Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we flash back, and it's golf. It's mini golf. Oh yes, when she like takes him out for mini golf, and then. Like, she's like, well, go get changed for... And she, like, has, like, some spiel at the golf course about how, like, all these fat people, it's, like, they're eating all the time and they're eating the wrong things and that's why they're fat. And he's like, wow, mom, you, like, you have, like, a judgmental edge, like, a hard edge to you. And she's like, well, yeah. He's like, I wonder where I get it from. Like, basically, (laughs) like, implying that all of his negative traits are because of her. Yeah. And... And then she goes to, to uh, she's like, okay, well, let's go get ready for dinner. And then she comes in the house and he's like, just like fucking 
like eating a whole rotisserie chicken with his fingers and with his hands in his face. Yeah, just to just eat like, the whole ass chicken. <laughs> Which, granted, as a 15 or 16 year old, I probably would have eaten a whole rotisserie chicken and then gone out for dinner and been fine. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I was hungry, so I ate some chicken. And then they go out to dinner and he just doesn't order anything. Which I'm like, that, mm, that bothers me. Because as a 16-year-old boy, I would have eaten half of rotisserie chicken and then 30 minutes later eaten an entire meal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I anyone who has not been a teenage boy does not understand how hungry a teenage boy is. <laughs> you just need all the food all the time. All the time, yes. Like I would, I didn't, I was never a big breakfast eater, but I would eat basically the equivalent of two or three lunches, school lunches for lunch, get home like at three 30, eat a meal, eat a meal at five 30. And then somewhere between like nine or 10, eat another meal. Basically I would eat like the equivalent of like six meals a day. <laughs> That's a lot of calories, sir. Just to stay, just to keep the weight I was during wrestling season, I could skip dinner and the and the evening, you know, and my my leftovers meal in the evening, and I could lose four pounds in one night. Good lord! Yeah, anyway, my metabolism—I don't. Maybe I had a very high metabolism for a teenager, but like I could skip a meal and lose pounds of weight, which was great for wrestling season because I'd never had to worry about cutting weight because I could just make weight. Like that. I just wouldn't eat for a day. I could skip two meals and lose four or five pounds. <laughs> I cut eight pounds in one week and I just did with no effort. I went from 160 to 152 in one week and I maybe like skipped a meal or two. There you go. Yeah. So, well, at mini golf, after mini golf. Yes, he eats a chicken. Eats and chicken. Then, they go to dinner. And she orders a calamari salad, which sounds fucking amazing. A steak, which sounds fucking amazing, and a bottle of Merlot, which I could do without. I'm not a Merlot guy. I'm not either. I'm not big. I I definitely prefer beer to wine, but I do like. I prefer white wines to red wines usually. Yeah, I'm not a big wine guy unless we're talking um, like Boone's Farm. Oh no no no! Give me a nice a nice Sauvignon Blanc, a nice German Riesling. I will I will fuck that shit up. Uh, uh, a Chardonnay done in French oak or steel barrel, I enjoy. I do not like Chardonnay with American oak. Uh, like me a Cote Rhone or slash GSM, uh, Grenache Syrah, Mourvedre. Um, a Cab Sav is okay sometimes. A Bordeaux is good sometimes. Yeah, we ain't got a screw top. Send it back, dude. These days, screw tops like the screw top versus cork doesn't matter anymore because at one point screw tops were way ch- like this like corks got super expensive, so people just moved away from them, even for really good wines. Weird. Yeah, I used to work at the at the wine department at World Market, so <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about wine for a while. Eh. There's worse things yeah. to think about. Yep. Like, um, a lot of the movies we watch, really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the percentage is, but higher than yeah. I would like. Yeah, but speaking of movies we watch, Chris, where are we at in this fucking movie? Uh, they're, they're at dinner. 
And they didn't uh, fuck. No. That was the important part of that scene. Yeah, it's the important thing is they did not have the sexual intercourse. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was so, so worried that I, was going to happen. I think that says more about you than the film, honestly. There was, <laughs> but with the, with the whole like jerking off scene, like there was, I felt like there was an implication that that might happen. I guess that's true. There's a lot of implied things. Everything. That, there is no questions. violence. There is no violence in this movie. All the. All the violence happens in this movie is implied. They don't show anything on screen. The only violent act is when that lady slaps her. Yes. I think that's the only violence in the entire film. Yes. Oh, and she threw a kid. Well, you see her toss the kid. I guess that's true. You don't, you don't see him hit. And all you see is the aftermath when he's sitting on the ground, his arm, like, he's holding his arm. Yeah. That's it. Like, it's... there. This is not Terrifier, that is for certain. <laughs> there are no gore set pieces in this movie. This is certainly no Terrifier. That should be on the box. <laughs> not Terrifier, a movie that came out several years after this. Yeah. Well, this was 2011 or 12, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, they get they get into it at dinner. Yeah. She tries he's like, to make small talk, and then he just yeah. like totally teenage fucking tirades about... Ooh, no, no, he fucking psychopath well. predicts everything she's going to say because he knows the script. Like he's like, well, you're gonna ask me about this, then you're gonna ask me about like what bands, like what music I'm listening to, and then about like this girl, and then if I'm, you know, if there's any girls, and if I'm like, you know, using protection, if I'm doing, you know, then you're gonna try to ask me about drugs, but you're gonna do it in a way that isn't threatening because you say like, well, you experimented when you were, you know, younger and. And so they're like, I don't clam up. And then you, and she's just like, okay, fine. Like, dude, if you're going to be this much of an asshole, I'm just not going to talk to you the rest of the evening. That's fine. Yeah. And then they go home. And then she searches his room. Yeah. And, and, and she finds the, find, the, the DVD. The I Love You CD. Yeah. A presumably mixtape CD. Yeah, and she's all, oh, I wonder if this will give me a window into his madness. It gives her a window of something. Yeah. Dude, yeah, it gives her every virus ever invented. Yeah, all at the same time. Yeah, and not just her, but the travel company that she was working for and taking pictures for. Yeah, yeah which leads to some questions, but... Yeah, like, well, she was on the VPN. She she had VPN. She, she was... Uh, yeah, she she'd use the VPN to connect to the network, Chris. Well, yeah. Tunneled, why would you do she, that? She she's she secure shelled her way in. <laughs> it's hard to say. And uh after uh two and a half Imperial Ciders, that's hard to say. It is. Mm-hmm. And uh she comes back with it and he's like, Yeah, fucked your shit up, right? And she's like, Yeah, yeah. pretty pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Oh yeah, I collect viruses, and she's like, Why? She's He's like, what's the point? She's like, he's like, there is no point. That's why. Now, would you be surprised to know that I used to do that? Not in the least. Okay. <laughs> I definitely Not, did that. Yeah, I yeah. Do you have? Did you have like <laughs> cookie the Cookie Monster one? And I had a, I had a Cookie Monster one. I had uh, the Monkey Bee virus. I, I had. Remember. I just had like I don't know a handful of discs that were infected with viruses. Yeah, because it was a thing to do. I don't know. I yeah, that, that, 
I don't think that surprises anyone who listens to this podcast on the regular crit. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Everyone's lucky we don't have Horse Lanta here, like asking what kind of viruses you were spreading around as a teenager. Yeah. Come not sexually Just, transmitted ones, I can assure you of that. They were cyberly transmitted. Yeah. CTDs. <laughs> CTVs? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, uh, um, yeah. And it's, I guess, is it's the holidays now? At the, yeah, in the flashback time. In the past. Yeah. And dad gets him, uh, a super mega ultra deluxe bow. Yeah, which honestly is still not that tricked out. It doesn't look what, like it. It doesn't look like it's a compound bow, first of all. Yeah. I don't, like, second of all, there's no there's no um pins for sliding. There's no counterweight. There is no I there there's a lot of more shit he could have bought for that bow that he did not buy. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it looked nice. I, as someone who had a father who bow hunted and then through him knew people who target shot bows, that bow was super simple. <laughs> yeah, but like, like super duper simple. <laughs> but that assured him it was the nicest one at the bow store, I guess. Yeah, like it was the top of the line that Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah, it's the nicest bow he could find at the place he went to that had them. Yep. And uh, at some point, we see uh, Celia, right? Yep. She's hanging out with her guinea pig. Yeah, which that guinea pig did not move. Yeah, it was that was somewhat disconcerting. I was like, is that like a stuffed guinea pig? Like, a guinea pig just didn't move. It, in every shot that guinea pig was showing, shown in, it did not move at all. It did have a cute little hat, though. It did, but was it alive or was it just a stuffed guinea pig they were showing us? That was still cute, regardless. That's true. I mean, and, uh, it was a tiny hat. James James Fairbairn would have loved the tiny hat on it. <laughs> um, it goes missing. It does go missing. Mom and Dad look for it. Can't After find she, it. Yeah, Dad jokes that it's gone to fucking... It's got a farm upstate. Yeah, you know, that classic bit, which is actually the answer they give her the next day, which I thought was yeah. hilarious. But, like, they kind of, like, start laughing about it, and then it's kind of implied they're just going to, like, they laugh and have a good time and kind of, like, relax around each other enough, and they're just going to fuck. But, yeah, what else are you going to yeah. do? And, yeah, I mean, because, like, there's a lot of tension in that household. I have the feeling that they don't... Although we did miss the part where... um we just gloss over the part where, like, the younger, the younger version of Kevin comes is like, I just pooped, and I'm pretty sure that uh, John Ciro was getting a BJ at the time. Uh, yeah, it seems to be the implication. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, let's. Uh, why don't you go, go, go to the bathroom, and I will meet you there. I just got to put some clothes on, and let's not wake your mother up. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there in somewhere between yeah. three to six more minutes. Yeah, well, if if I can get this erection down in time, I will come meet you in the bathroom, and so I don't poke your eye out. <laughs> and uh, the next morning, mom is telling uh, daughter 
that the guinea pig is now living in the garden and having yeah. sick-ass guinea pig parties with the squirrels and the raccoons and shit. That's right. They're going to eat all the garden stuff. We're not going to get any because they're going to party so hardy. Yeah, and the kids looking at her like, whatever. What the fuck ever? Yeah, like, I'm not so sure about that, but I'm going to choose to believe you because otherwise it will be really sad, and I don't want to be sad. And uh, she's scraping some stuff into the disposal and kicks it on, and it makes uh, guinea pig-based uh, noises. Yeah, well, it makes, like, a red... A red... It makes a lot of noises, and, like, red stew comes up out of it, and you're oh, like, yeah. Ooh, oh, yep, yeah. mm-hmm. Dead guinea pig in the, the garbage disposal. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least we know where that thing went. <laughs> but So she grabs... The, she unlocks... She unchild safety locks the, uh, the officer ug cabinet, and uh, dumps a bunch of Drano down the drain to kind of flush everything out. Yeah, which... I don't think that's going to help with them bones, man. Uh, well, at least we'll get rid of the, the the fleshy bits. The hair and the viscera. Yeah. Did you got you know who Officer Ugg is, right? Like those stickers, like the the, the, the policeman with like the green face and he'd be like, oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The poison control stickers, like. Yeah. That was, Yeah. Uh, Officer Ugg was his name, like U G H. I just remember that from my Ugh. child. Ugh. And uh, we cut to a hospital where there was a Drano-based incident. Yeah, where the kid got into the Drano somehow, which necessitates her getting a glass eye because I guess it got burnt out. Apparently, she poured Drano into her eye, like it. Do? Oh, I should probably tell my Drano story. Please. <laughs> As a fifth grader, I at one point my parents had crystal Drano in the in the house. And I had realized somehow if you mix crystal Drano in water, it gets warm. Mm-hmm. Along with making Drano. Uh, so I was, I had a, like a Sprite bottle and I was like, I wonder if I can get it hot enough that I can melt through this Sprite bottle. So I put Crystal Drano into the Sprite bottle. I put water in it and it kind of like fizzed and stuff and it got warm, but it didn't get hot enough. And I was like, well, like when you're making spaghetti, if you want the water to boil faster, mm -hmm. you put the lid on it. I like, I like where this is going. Right? So I put so I, I emptied it out, put some more Crystal Drano in there, put some more water in there, put screwed the lid onto the Sprite bottle because I wanted to keep the heat inside the bottle. Well, the bottle starts like... for I mean, it. I, I can't really demonstrate. I can't do this audibly. But, like, it was kind of like compacting and going back to normal size and compacting and growing, going back to normal size. And I was like, that doesn't look normal. So I started to get behind the the shower curtain in the bathroom because I was like, that doesn't look right. And as I was ducking behind the shower curtain, I left my right arm out behind it as the top, the cap blew off of the, uh, the Sprite bottle and a spray of concentrated Drano, because I put a bunch of crystal Drano in that fucking thing, hits my right arm and... 
I'm like, and I was in Boy Scouts at the time, and I knew from First Day Merit Badge that the way to treat a chemical burn is to rinse it with water. So I run out into the kitchen, past my mother, and she's like, what happened? And I was like, I did a bad thing. And I like run to the kitchen sink and just like open up the faucet and just, you know, rinse, basically rinse all the chemicals off of my arm. Which, so I had to give myself like a second degree uh, chemical burn with this, which could have been worse, but thanks to my, my first aid training, I actually knew what to do. Um, and, but yeah, so uh, I don't think you can see it anymore, but uh, for quite a number of years, my right arm would, part of my right arm would tan a lot quicker than the rest where my chemical burn had been. We just uh, made drain so, yeah. bombs. I, that's literally what I did by accident. Well, you got to use people, aluminum foil. Well, that's what the works, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing. I was like, oh, guys, you don't need to even use aluminum foil. You can just use crystal Drano and water. It works just the same. Also, dry ice and water work the same as well, which we would do in uh, the grocery store I worked at. We would get frozen products in. They sometimes would come in just like in one container that had like dry ice on top. And we would pull the dry ice out. You chip some dry ice off into like a two liter. Add some water. Actually, if you didn't add water, you just screw the lid on and just stick it out behind the behind the store. And eventually, like hours later, it would just explode. Good times. Yeah, because I was a little a little bit of a little bit of a hoodlum as a kid. Who wasn't? So now we're uh, we're at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mom is blaming Ezra Miller for it. Yeah, for yeah, oh yeah, because like she's like, I'm not saying he poured Drano in her eye, but I'm pretty sure uh, he poured Drano. Into I'm her not eye. saying that. I'm just saying. Yeah. And uh, dad, dad's not on board with this. Not his son. No, like, his son would never do that. And uh, he aggressively eats uh, well, lychee, a lychee nut. Yeah, a he's like, oh nut. yeah. And she's like, oh, I thought you didn't like lychee nuts. And he's like, I guess they're uh, an acquired taste. Yeah. Which I don't know. Kind of imply, as you said, implies that. Well, you said to me off mic. I did off uh, mic. That implies that, like, he ate the eyeball? Yeah, because, like, the acquired taste worse. thing. Like, I don't know. It sure seems like maybe he ate that kid's eye, is all I'm saying. Yeah, like, the implication is that, and, and like, the G.S. John C. is like, why did you leave the, uh, the poison control cabinet unlocked? And she's like, I didn't. He's like, well, then what happened? She's like, well... I'm not the only person in the house who could have unlocked that fucking thing. But the implication was that she had poured Drano in her eye. Yeah. Regardless, that lock wouldn't have stopped. Irregardless. Irregardless, you would have to be, uh, like, three to not be able to get into that, first of all. Like, that kid was totally old enough to have bypassed the world's most sophisticated security system they had there. Because you just push down a thing and move it. Like, it's not a lock. No, it, it it's probably, like those doorknob covers where if you just kind of put your fingers through the holes and grip the doorknob and turn, it, it opens. 
Yeah, it's one of those things to keep like a two-year-old out from under the sink. It's not for... Yeah. And, and that girl was like nine or ten, probably. Yeah, way old enough to dr- get Drano all up in her face if she wanted to. Yeah. Which I guess is the implication. Yeah, but also maybe he ate her eyeball. Also maybe. I have my headcanon he ate the, he ate her eye. Yeah, I think uh, headcanon-wise, I'm going to go with that because it's just the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this leads to marital strife. Yep. Which uh, presumably had been bubbling under the surface for a long time, because she sure like hates the fuck out of her son. So, yeah, well, because her son is terrible to her. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the time. Thank you, Soul Asylum. Uh, like her son is terrible to her. Yeah, not saying it wasn't justified. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's one of those like uh, like. He was gaslighting dad the whole time because he would be a horrible oh. monster to mom. One hundred, yeah, one hundred p. And so, uh, Kevin hears him having a a little argument. Well, it, no, because because John C. Rowe's like basically like I think we should get divorced, and I think custody is obvious. And she's like, "Is it now?" And like. Like, well, I mean, and she's like, What are you implying? And then Kevin shows up and he and he's like, Well, don't son, like, don't don't pay too much attention to this because like it's easy to misunderstand things if you don't know the context. He's like, No, I think I am the context. Like literally says, like, I I think I am the context. Yeah. Which is true. It is true. Yeah. And so I'm not. It's not really obvious if they separate and or get divorced at this point. I think that they're just talking about it because, like, at, at after the incident, she goes back there. Like, what do you mean back there? To the house, which yes. would imply, at the very least, she's still there. Yeah. Like, maybe they're working on, like, the paperwork and stuff. But they also show, when she was photocopying stuff, I'm pretty sure they, that she was photocopying divorce papers at one point. At least in her head. Yeah. Also possible. So, Lots like, of implications. When she, was, when she was photocopying stuff in the, like, the latest timeline for the travel agency, in her mind, like, her mind replaced whatever she was photocopying with divorce papers. Yeah. Which is really hard to explain audibly. And uh, so they're at home, and there's a package what gets delivered. Yep, and it is bike locks. Yeah, and uh, they're like, "Hey, uh, son, why you yeah. need all them bike locks?" Well, well, she's like, she is like, you don't even like really ride your bike. Why do you need multiple bike locks? And he's like, "Oh, I got them for a song on the internet. I'm gonna sell them at school and make a killing." And the dad's like, "Ah, oh, you're like Donald Trump." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that plays way different like 14 years later yeah it does well 12 years later at least well yeah yeah and uh because you had seen earlier that there were bike locks on the door to the institution the institutional looking building that like the kid was wheeled out of or that the mom was crying over yeah and uh and so you're like, oh, this is not going to end well. 
So before school, uh, they have a chat. It, Ezra Miller is going to be 16. Yep. And they're like, we should do a thing. And he's like, eh, I might be busy with, with another thing. Wink. Yeah. Audible wink. And she, uh, so mom heads to work. Oh, we did skip over at some point that she, he saw, like, she, like, had passed by a bookstore that was, like, she was going to do a signing app for some book that she had, art book, maybe, like, photo book that she had created. Yeah. From her yeah, travels. Was, that was what, that's what precipitated the whole mini golf thing. And she's like, were you, did I see you at the bookstore? He's like, nope. Nope. It just, like, lied, like, right to her face. And so uh, she's at work. Mm-hmm. One of her coworkers bursts like, in. Doesn't your son go to such and such high school? Yeah. Which is weird to me because I'm not used to being places where there's multiple high schools. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, where I went to high school, we had K through 12 in one building. You just moved from, like, the south side of the building to the north side of the building as you got older? I mean, we have separate schools, but there's still just the one high school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, like, Des Moines, I know Des Moines had at least three high schools. But I was not used to, uh, yeah, I'm not used to there being multiple schools that are an option. Like, didn't your son go to such and such high school? I'm like, yeah, everybody's kid goes to that school with dumbass, was what my thought. <laughs> of course. Where else would they have gone? Yeah. There's only 12 people in school at any given point. Hey. I I actually, I think I did the math once, and the population of the town the school my school was in doubled or tripled during the day while school was in session. <laughs> It was like there was like it was a population of like two hundred in the town, and then K through twelve, you average like thirty kids a class, two classes to a grade. Well, thirty thirty kids to a grade that was three hundred sixty kids. So basically, two it doubled doubled and a half every day, <laughs> like during the day. <coughs> so yeah, yeah. So uh, one of her co-workers informs her that shit is going down at local high school. Yep. So she heads to the school, freaking out. Yeah, because her kid might be in danger. Yeah, but we know because we saw him. He, yeah, we he, saw He is the danger. Yeah, he was shooting arrows with target points on them. Which So this is, this is my, uh, my nail gun. Rant, because we all know that Chris is Chris will tell you that nail guns don't work that way, uh, unless they have been specifically gimmicked, which I think is only shown up in one movie. Uh, so he's shooting target points to people, which is basically like the fine like points that are thinner than the arrow shaft itself, and those are great for shooting targets. They're easy to pull out of targets. It's wonderful. However, if you're actually trying to kill a motherfucker, you shoot a broadhead. At them, which is the 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 big like four bladed uh, heads on arrows, which will tear shit up as they go in, and they're hard to pull out, and they will do a massive amount of tissue damage, which is the point of them. Yeah, 
no pun intended. And yeah, but he was shooting target arrows, which basically means if you were going to kill someone, you had to shoot them directly in an artery or directly in a vital organ like the heart or maybe like through both lungs or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. So that that's my rant. I, I realize people don't didn't have fathers who bow hunted deer and therefore like you know had 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 these talks with their parent about what kinds of arrows are best for killing deer. But that is that is that was my 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 nail gun moment during this movie. Yeah. So yeah. basically what has happened is Ezra Miller has locked in people into the pep rally. Yeah. In the gym with the bike locks. Yep. Which they show him locking the doors from the inside yet to get into the building. They cut through a bike lock on the outside of the door. That is true. That is my one continuity error in this movie. Uh, we're be fucking nuts, but he is uh killed an unspecified amount of people. Yep. Apparently he was just up like in a balcony at the pep rally, just shooting people with arrows. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, why everybody, uh, hates his yep. mom. And there was one guy who actually had been hit and hit, uh, presumably in the spine with an arrow. Cause he was in a wheelchair. He was like, Hey, Mrs. K like, how you're doing? Like, you know, like, hey, the doctor said I might walk one day. Like, he was, like, actually upbeat and kind of happy to see her. And, like, and she was kind of like, oh, God, this is one of the kids that my son, like, fucking maimed. Oh, God, what am I going to do? And he's like, hey, Mrs. K, good to see you. And she's like, I don't know how to react to any of this because this is not what I expected to have happen. <laughs> yeah, he was surprisingly upbeat. Yeah. But also, I mean, not really her fault. No, like, that's the thing, especially if you, so if you had to watch this movie, you would assume maybe she had fucked her kid up in some way, but it's obvious from this movie that Kevin was just terrible from the very beginning. Yeah. And we close with her at the uh, prison. Yeah. Where he's been in for two years. And he's he's going to move up from, basically he's going to turn 18, have to move to Gen Pop in an adult prison and she's like, are you, are you like up for that? He's like, I don't think you understand how any of this works, but, and she's like, so like, at one point she asked him like, why did he do it? And he says like, I think I used to know, but I don't anymore. Yeah. He's not even sure why he did it anymore. And then, so she hugs him and he, they both look uncomfortable when she's hugging him. Yeah. Oh, also, in case it wasn't clear, he he also killed his dad and sister. Well, yeah, they do flash back to her, like, getting home from the school when he's arrested. She gets home. No one's, like, the there's a, like, a, like a sliding door, like a French sliding door open or a French door open or something. And she goes out there. The dad's got an arrow in his right arm and in his back. And the daughter has an arrow in her back. So, I my thought... My my reading of that situation was the daughter had like he was holding the daughter and got shot with an arrow. She ran off. He shot the daughter with the arrow and then shot the dad in the back with the arrow as well. That seems reasonable. Yeah, but 
I mean, he's he's apparently a crack shot with the bow, so I'm assuming yeah. he hit where he was aiming. He's a real Hawkeye. He likes his martinis very dry. And that's it. That's this movie. So, Chris, what did you think of this movie? Ah, it's, um, it's a pretty intense movie for a movie where nothing really happens, which sounds like uh, damning with faint praise, but I mean, that's the, that's the strong point of this thing is it's all, it's all implication. It's all asking you to like figure it out from what's, what you're seeing, what's going on. Like it's, it's refreshing to have something, especially like in this genre that isn't just super obvious all the time about everything, just right in your face. I mean, would you you say it, it trusts you to, uh, to make the connections that need to be made. Yeah. It, It has faith in you as the viewer to be able to watch a thing and put shit together. But does it have faith in the heart? Faith of the heart. No. No. Okay. No. No. It's not an Enterprise fan then. No. Oh my God, that that song is so terrible. <laughs> and anyway, it's worth a, It's worth a watch. It's kind of long. It's almost two hours. But it's. I mean, it's pretty good. I'll never watch it again. You only need it once. But I think it's worth. It's worth watching. It definitely is, it's way more about, like, atmosphere, and you kind of can make up your own mind. I wouldn't be surprised if you watched this without hearing anything about it, if you didn't come up with a slightly different version of... I could see you watching this and being like, nah, the, her, his mom sucked. <laughs> like, I could see that being a read that you could have. I don't know, man. Like, he is such a shitty kid, it's hard for me to come up with, like, to read it as... Yeah, but she openly had to stay for him since before he could even move by himself. Yeah, I I go with the the Loomis... I I have the Loomis reading on it that he was just born wrong. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting. It's also just kind of a weird coincidence that... Ezra Miller is a real scumbag piece of shit in this. Turns out, funny story... He's a real scumbag piece of shit. He just never stopped uh, being character. He was very method. Yeah, he just couldn't get out of it once he started. Oh, fuck. And it actually, it was kind of nice to see, like, John C. Riley not be just some slapstick fucking bozo and something. You don't get to see I mean, that a lot. Yeah, I mean, him and I did not become best friends during this movie. That is for certain. But I'd say it's worth a watch. I mean... She's a slow burn, but it's still good. I don't think the horse would have cared for it. You know, on account of it's long and slow. He's not a fan of the crockpot? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, he's not a slow and low kind of a guy. No. But yeah, give it a go. What do you think, Troy? Well, I think I'm going to have to return that green egg I got uh, Horse Santa for his birthday. Uh, But beside that, I I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very well done. For me, it's kind of like Requiem for a Dream, where it is a very good movie. It's very well done. It should you should watch it once. You'll probably never want to watch it again. 
which is for me was unfortunate with a Requiem for a Dream because I bought it on DVD. So I I own it, but I will never watch that DVD again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's a testament to the the level of uh realism like uh, yeah. the, they they tell the story a movie you can watch once and never have to see it again just means that it stuck with you is all yeah as like hotel rwanda a fantastic movie never gonna watch it again schindler's list watched it once never gonna watch it again <laughs> fantastic movie uh it, it's real good it, it's really well done the the flashbacks kind of keep you guessing for quite a while as to what's going on I picked up on the school shooter vibe once I saw a teenage-ish girl on a gurney coming out. So, like, the when she encounters that woman in the grocery store, that's when I figured out it was a school shooter thing. Again, almost up until then, I assumed it was that Tilda Swinton was the trans version of Kevin and a trans woman version of Kevin and that people were just shitty to trans people in this movie, which also not far from reality, unfortunately. So yeah, don't be shitty to trans people. I don't, I don't know why that needs to be said, but it does, I guess. Unfortunately. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Uh, don't be shitty to drag queen. Don't be shitty to trans people. Don't be shitty to gay people. Just, just don't be shitty. Don't, don't be shitty. Yeah. Like the, the, the Wheaton rule. Don't be shitty to people. Yeah. We here at Slaughterhouse Princess will take a bold stance and say, don't be a fucking yeah. dick. How's yeah, I mean, I know. It's it's sad that it needs to be said, though. Like, for fuck's sake, people. For fuck's sake. And I know our listeners probably, that's this is just preaching to the choir, but still. You know. if You, if, you know what? If you've been shitty to a trans person, the music from Virtual Bird, I will... I will absolve you from being shitty in the past. If you're shitty again, fuck you. But, um, you know, at least give money to Virtual Bird, because she deserves it. True. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so no, I I say this movie's worth it. If you have not seen this movie, watch it. Don't watch it again, because I I don't know why there would be a reason to watch this movie again. But it's it's real good the first time. And, uh, Chris, do you remember what we're watching Next week. We are watching Eden Lake. Yes, that's suggested to us by Aedian. Uh that is and uh's fiance. Uh so uh I think he is super excited for us to watch this. And I think uh it will be I from everything I've heard, Eden Lake is a is an entertaining movie, so I'm excited to watch it. Presumably there's a lake. Yeah. And also a guy named Adam and, and Eve, probably. Oh. And a snake. Maybe a snake. Possibly. A serpent. Possible apples. serpent. Apples. Forbidden knowledge, perhaps. Just ribs. Ribs strewn across so the side. So many ribs. Just ribs yeah. as far as the eye can see. So what if other people want us to watch oh, religious-based lake films? <laughs> they could email us uh, at podcast at gmail.com. They could... Messages on Facebook where we are Slaughterhouse Princess. I believe we have a pretty much defunct Twitter presence at this point. Uh, same with Reddit, because apparently 
both owners are hell-bent on turning them into shitholes instead of useful social media. Uh, so I would say those two ways are the best ways to, re- to reach us as I got the hiccups. And, you know, if you want to listen to us some way other than the way you're doing, go to a different podcatcher. Otherwise, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, Apple Music. We're on everything. The I usual suspects. It, everything that we're aware of, we are on. If we're not on there, let us know. We'll get ourselves on there because... You know, if we can get ourselves listened to more, then our egos will grow, and what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. But if also, speaking of our egos, if you'd like to stroke them more, you could go to our Discord, uh, which is at discord.starshprincess.com, and and you can hang out in our general channel. Or if you want to go to patreon.starshprincess.com, you could pledge there and link your Discord account with that and join our Patreon Discord, where... Uh, we sometimes audibly type things to Christian during podcasts mm-hmm. and also just generally hang out uh, there and whatever we talk about, we talk about, but that's where most of the conversation on the, uh, the discord happens. And you can also uh, buy Slaughter's princess and nib or merch at store.slaughter'sprincess.com. Yes. And I, I was sad I could not find my Nib Orp t-shirt for the uh, WWE house show I went to last night. But uh, I did rep it for a uh, local India promotion. I was happy with that. So come back next time for Eden Lake. And will our podcast think about movies? We'll drink about movies. Bye.